Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Welcome to Cannell and Bell, hanging out one of the best days in college basketball uh, season. You got the tournament games coming right there. A lot of teams punching their tickets for the big dance. Mm-hmm. Fantastic day for us to uh, to break down some of that. Zion Williamson, does he play tonight? Kyler Murray's pro day. We got to see some of that. We're going to break that down. Um, we are presented by Citizen. Make sure you go check out those uh, Echo Drive watches. But we are, before we get into it, we are your home for hockey, by the way, in case you didn't realize that. Yeah. Before we get to the hockey video, right. I just want to say something. Our producer, Matt Coca, he needs cheered up a little bit. Like, he is salty. I know. I just know. a little bit. I don't like the vibes he's been putting off from the control room, so we need to loosen him up a little bit. I told him he was benched this morning. Like, yeah. just the attitude was infectious. It was starting to bring me down, so we got to bring, yeah, we, we need And to I think he going. was irritated that I wanted to start off the show with hockey, so yeah. let's just keep irritating him <laughs> by getting to one of the best hockey fights you will ever see in the NHL. Uh, that's right. So I'll, do you want to take the names or do you want me to? Not Milan Lukic Milan of the Oilers Lucic. and Curtis Gabriel of the Devils. Yeah. These, so two big dudes. The thing about this, and this is where I think hockey has it uh, right. Uh, so they have a, a code where if you go down to the ice, you have to be separated. But as long as you're standing, they let them. the officials are watching it unfold. I think this is the way every sport to do it. There should be a code of how to handle your business. Right. And hockey has it right. Like this goes on for a minute and a half and they're just trading blows and neither of them wants it to end. So they're staying on their skates, which is the way it should be. That's exhausting fighting. Oh my gosh. With all of that gear on that what what like i watched the whole fight what was fascinating to me was like the crowd was relatively like docile nobody was really tripping out until gabriel's helmet popped off right and it was like rock'em sock'em robots when his helmet popped off the place went crazy for a split second and then everybody went back to like business as usual um that's like they're dying now towards the end they're they're done dying it's like gladiator action man like everybody just stands back and watches these two what other sport like seriously no other sport is going to let you like no, I mean, football, you have controlled violence every play, and there's matchups that lasted for five or six seconds. You see that very wow. last segment? Do you see the very last shot where the players, every single player in the bench was over there rattling the, yeah, the stick? Because they were fired up from it. They wanted to see it. The fans love it. It's great. Punching, punching plastic isn't fun. Like, and then like they were doing that for like, I don't know, uh, five, five, like four fifths of that video. They yes. were punching plastic. But why, why is it acceptable in hockey? Like, I don't do you have any thoughts on that. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because, I mean, I don't, NBA, I don't either. We I'm just talked a lot about the fight that occurred right. the other day in the NBA and how Adam Silver is going to come in and probably have to set a tone so it doesn't happen again. Hockey embraces it. And I'll be honest, have you you've probably been to a couple of hockey games in your career? Uh, Maybe a couple? Uh, I went to a Rangers game when I was I went to some guy. college hockey I've games. Been to, yeah. When you go to a hockey game, especially an NHL game, you go kind of to see a fight. Like, right. you want to see them throw the gloves down and start throwing. I, there isn't another sport it's where fascinating, you can. it's fascinating to me. Like it really is though, because we like you let NBA players fight, and it's like the end of the world. NFL players, like it is even 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 baseball is more accepted than those other two. But right. hockey, it's it it is promoted. Like right. we got two guys, they're goons. I don't and I don't come out here and fight. I don't know this hundred percent. They obviously got assessed to five minute uh, major penalties five for that. Major. But do they get fined? I honestly don't. I don't. Know this. I don't know either. Because if it's just a major, then you're like, and they're both going out, so it kind of evens itself out. Right. Then why not? Like, could you imagine if the NBA, if they were like, all right, the code is you have to stay in the lane, but as long as you're in the lane, you guys can just throw down. It would be. It would be incredible to watch. It would be kind of crazy. I just. I. I I'm really, really curious. I think because it's been so ingrained in hockey 
that it's just kind of accepted, uh, generally accepted, and it also helps hockey that they're not the most popular sport in the, right. in the in the in the country. Because if it was, then I think you'd be getting some attention from national sports writers saying, "Whoa, what lessons does this teach our children?" And uh, you know, they have a problem with CTE and all these. There would be columns written about what a negative aspect it is, yeah, because it kind of flies under the radar. People are more willing to let it go. Maybe. It's interesting because the NBA used to be a rugged brand of basketball back in the day. Yeah. Right? And they don't – like I understand cleaning up football because like you have you know studies about brain injuries and stuff like that. And so there's a – there would be a natural campaign to clean some of that up whether whether we agree with it or not. Like you understand? I, I get that. But there's no real – problem in basketball do you know what i mean like the physical nature that that was the 70s basketball wasn't presenting any type of like lifelong problems for players right Right. there was this huge campaign to clean it up the game can't have it anymore you know what i mean so i guess this is what you want to brand yourself as right the nba deemed that like that wasn't what people wanted to see from the league and they just made a call on it. it's just interesting to me yep for sure canel and bell you're home for hockey right here on (laughs) hq milan Uh, lucic yeah uh nfl agency is continuing to flourish now all the deals are official yesterday as of four o'clock so you've seen a lot more of these become official uh antonio brown was never in doubt he gets traded to the raiders they actually make some pretty nice adjustments. I don't love the Trent Brown signing of the offensive lineman that they paid a lot of money to. I love the Lamarcus Joyner bringing into safety, who's a quality player, adding uh, Terrell Williams on the other side of Antonio Brown, a deep threat so that teams can't just double team Antonio Brown. You right. need somebody to compliment him. Balance you out a little and bit. And it's not quite the, uh, it's not quite the tandem that you're going to have in Cleveland, but still you have to have a legitimate, uh, player on the other side. John Gruden was talking about all of this at this press conference that the Raiders held to introduce some of their moves that they made. We're going to make a couple more moves, I do believe, in free agency, uh, free agency that have his fingerprints all over it. It's been a blast, um, but we've gotten better. We have some resources in the draft to continue that process. And uh, as I said all along, um, I don't think you can rush this. you got to do what you deem is right. Uh, players don't become available all the time. You can't make all the necessary improvements. It takes a little bit of time, but um, uh, we're, we're confident that we're headed in the right direction. Ah, oh, I love it. So this, you know, yesterday we said that this is the honeymoon period, right? Mm-hmm. That essentially right there is the wedding photo. Yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever seen a wedding photo where people aren't happy? Right. No, you won't. They're, right. Everybody's happy. They're going to rave about the moves, uh, the moves they made. I like their moves. I think they're a much better team than they were last year. But it's crazy. We weren't that long ago where John Gruden was sort of the laughing stock of the entire NFL. People were making jokes about him trading everybody away, Khalil Mack. He had some really... Not very aware comments when he would say, man, we just can't find a pass rusher right after they had traded away Khalil Mack. Right. You know, those guys are hard to find. They had one in the building. He's done a good job on paper to improve this team, but I still think in order to judge all of these moves, I want to still see what they do with these three first round picks. Sure. How Derek Carr and Antonio Brown work together and the ultimate deciding factor on all of these moves will be in the product like are they better can they make the playoffs can they challenge until then i'm not willing to be duped by a great press conference and everybody's happy i need to see the results on the field yeah like look we're living in a day and age where there's a knee-jerk reaction to everything right like everyone wants this immediate like gratification or passes immediate judgment on something so yeah everybody killed john gruden me included right like too and and 
you know, I still think you're in this weird spot. I want to pause my thought for a second where you're talking about rebuilding, but you let a cornerstone defensive player like walk, walk out of the building. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I still think he's talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit, but point being the same way we shouldn't have had the knee jerk to the original move because it had to play itself out. You had to see what their vision was for the rebuild and, and how that would come to fruition. I, I have the same thoughts about the press conference. Like, yeah, I hear you, dude. It looks good. You guys are making the moves that you want to make, but I'm not ready to put a stamp of approval on, on John Gruden's tenure with the Oakland Raiders until I see that team built and have success, right? Cause that's ultimately what it's all going to hinge on. If it doesn't, if it doesn't work and Antonio Brown has one year of, of really good honeymoon play and then the wheels kind of fall off with that and you're not able to get the pieces, uh, in place around he and Derek Carr, if Derek Carr's your guy, yeah. uh, to, 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 to win something, then we'll be sitting here in two years saying it wasn't, it wasn't a great, uh, experiment. I think Derek, Derek Carr, I don't, I think he's going to be, I liked him younger in his career when he showed some promise and he was hurt and he's taken a little bit of a pounding his, his reputation. I think he's pretty smart though. You know why? Because when Antonio Brown was out there throwing Ben Roethlisberger under the bus, one of the things that he said is, I've never been to Ben's house. He never asked me to work out in the offseason. Yeah. You know what you've already seen? At the crib. Antonio Brown, them having this love, you know, hey, what's yeah. up? Going to the TMZ has video of them working out in the offseason already together. Right. That is a genius move by Derek Carr. And I would too. Like if I'm, I'm, if I'm getting one of the best receivers and I know he was disgruntled, he is going to be my new best friend. Absolutely. Even if we have nothing in common. I'm saying, Hey, we're going to hang out all offseason and we're going to make this thing work. If, if you're Derek Carr and you feel like your job's in jeopardy or just if Even you're more so, listen, no, I if think you're anybody, I think Tom Brady would. Any good quarterback, uh, looking to have a great relationship with a receiver should, should do that. I was genuinely surprised. Then Antonio Brown said that about Ben. I because a lot of quarterbacks, uh, Aaron Rodgers will actually do everything in L.A. and you know a lot of the receivers they'll all work out out there. Right. Russell Wilson has done the same thing. Brady has taken his guys to Wyoming or Costa Rica. Yeah, like it's just something you do, and it does. There is value. Yes, there's value in the actual work, the timing, the rhythm, and all that. But I think what's more important is the camaraderie, the chemistry, the relationship that you build. Sure. Because if you like the people you play with and you genuinely have a good relationship, it's going to show on the field. I think that stuff matters. It matters. Look, it's not a a must that you have the best relationship with the guy you work with. But, man, it sure makes things easier. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, when things things go bad and there could be a potential finger-pointing situation – if you're really cool with that guy, you're not, you're going to be a lot more reluctant to point that finger at him. You'll be a lot more self-aware and, and probably put some of it on your shoulders. Cause I like you. Yep. You know, I don't want to throw you under the bus, right? And so yeah, dude, it helps, it, it helps tremendously. You could be so talented and there have been instances of teams that are just so talented that, that not being the coolest doesn't get in the way. They're right. just a super team, right? But for everybody else in the world, man, it helps a lot to have that good relationship and really care about the guy that you're going to battle with night in and night out. You know, it, we talk about this in sports, and I talk about it at the youth level, the sacrifice that you have to make to play on a team. Everybody has to make one in some, you know, in some way or another. There's something that you have to give up for the betterment of the team. And when, when you have guys that you like, again, way more willing to sacrifice a little bit of your own to help that guy out. And that's what makes teams, that's what makes teams, uh, a run and, and play well. I thought the Steelers were the most underachieving team in the NFL last year. There was zero excuse for them not to make the playoffs. And then yet when I hear some of the real baggage that was in that locker room, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. It is kind of, like you hear, family thrown around about teams like it is sort of like a family 
the tighter knit your family is, like if you have a brother and you're getting into it or a sister or a sibling and you get into it and you might really disagree, you know deep down inside that's still my brother. Correct. Like I'm still going to be down with There's that guy. There's still love. don't have that relationship, man, little comments, little jabs, they start to dig at you. You yep. don't really know what that guy's thinking. I can't believe he sold me under the bus, yeah. threw me under the bus. And it becomes a very real issue. And I think that's why it's pretty revealing that the Steelers had those issues going on. Uh, did you see that, uh, AB did change his mustache back? I did. He I, dropped the Lorax. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Came in cl- I wonder if somebody told him. I actually had somebody, and this is what good friends do. Right. My wedding. We were referencing wedding pictures before the show. The day of my wedding, a guy said to me, he said, you know, your sideburns are pretty long because I had longer, like, like, like chops, like yeah, yeah kind of like Luke Perry, who right. uh, you know, obviously, got rest is rest in peace. peace. But uh, he had longer, and I had longer sideburns. Yeah, like you know, I don't know if those are going to be in forever. Like you know, you might. Oh, like, he yeah. had the foresight to go there. Yeah, yeah he's like that oh, might be man. trendy. So I, I actually cleaned them up a little bit. They're still pretty long in our wedding. I pictures. wish somebody had told me about my wedding tux that I had made <laughs> with the seven <laughs> buttons and the wide bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what good nobody do, though. Do that for me. They, have, they help you, like, sometimes you can't see your own. So right, you got to right, have somebody right, looking out. Sure. I'd be really curious if somebody, Drew Rosenhaus, maybe his agent, maybe some of the lady in his life, yeah. said, you know, this is a big day for you. Might not want to go in there with that clownish uh gold mustache. Although I did see somebody said he should have, if he was really a Raider, he should have rocked silver. Just like, oh. silver, silver and black. He no. got the silver mustache. I'm, I'm with you. All the clown show stuff's got to go. Now it's time for business, right? Yep. Like you got, you, you, you can have you, fun in the off season in Miami. Right. You're working Let out. me ask you a question though. Cause I have no familiarity with dying hair. <laughs> How do you like, do you just die? Are you asking? Like, no, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just asking whether you know or not, not that you have any experience. Do you dye it black again or does, is there no, growth I, underneath it that is not no, yellow? Definitely that one. He had to die back. He had to there die There are back. multiple dye jobs taking place with his right there. Cause it was dyed to the root is what you're saying. So it's yeah. not like a fresh coat of like, like uh mustache underneath that you could shave down to. Right. Correct. 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 So he, had, yeah, he has a, he has a pretty good mustache. Okay. All right. All right I got you. I got didn't you. go thin. So then. it wasn't thin. All right, I got you. Yeah. I got you. All right. Professional. Yeah. Not never in my hair. That's for men. But in the beard. <laughs> beard. I, I would be the old man in the seat if I had it. Like, I'd be full on gray. I'd rather go with a little just for men. <laughs> Shout out just for men. We need a show sponsor if you guys are in the market. Uh, so Antonio Brown mm-hmm. does the right thing, says all the right things, gets off to the right, uh, right foot. Odell Beckham recently, uh, moved to the Cleveland Browns. I think, if this is true, it's been reported by Ian Rappaport. If this is true, I think it is a horrendous start with the Cleveland fan base because Ian Rappaport has reported that Odell Beckham, looking around, sees Antonio Brown, force his way out and get a better contract, more guaranteed money, more incentives, and more money. Odell's saying, well, hey, I want to restructure my deal too. I I agree with him that he should try to do that, but I think in this first week is the worst time to do it. I disagree. Really? You're saying I, capitalize on Well, first of all, do you know how many people I saw walking around town with brown shirts on yesterday? <laughs> yes. Seriously. They're all biggest I, brown fans. And I didn't see any of them doing it when they when they got Baker at number one. Yep. And I didn't see any of them doing it when they got uh um when they got Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins, right? Like this is this is a, a, a Odell Beckham Jr. thing, right? So if if they're in love with you right now, like strike now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, don't wait. Go ahead and strike now before, before there could be any on-field issues or before you get hurt or before, you know, you might not be Baker's favorite guy and he's going to Jarvis Landry all the time. If you're in there now, there's this honeymoon period. We talk, like, I'm using it again. But if you're in there and there's this honeymoon period, go ahead and make the ask. Yep. Like, I, what I wouldn't do is make a stink about it. 
Right. You know what I mean? I wouldn't make this a lingering, I'm not coming to camp type of, like, then people will turn on him. But right now, you just saw what Antonio Brown got. Like, I'd make the ask. And then, like, if they do it, you know the, the old saying, the you, throw, you throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks? Like, I'm going to go ahead and throw it at the wall. Let's see if it sticks, man. I want, I want, I want a new deal. How does this get leaked? Yeah, you know, like that to me is, and maybe it's the Browns like not wanting to give it to them, so they float it out there. But if you're Odell Beckham, you got to do this quietly. And if you're Drew Rosenhaus's agent, you got to keep it under wraps, which makes me think it's probably coming from the Browns people who are floating this saying, "All right, we got our guy, but he well, already wants new money." Because the sixteen and a half million that he's guaranteed left on his salary out of the seventy-two million is a fraction. I do think he's only going and to he's make it, but it's still it's. It, that's what players want. They want guaranteed money. So if now's the time to ask, he's got no guaranteed money after 2019. Right. Like so. So you're really. I mean, you know. And I, again, if you produce, he'll get it. But I understand from an injury standpoint. What if Jarvis Landry gets a lot more balls? He doesn't produce as much. Which I think he'll be fine. This is why I do think. But this is where players, when they sign these five-year, ninety million dollars extensions, fight for your get the guarantee. Then, yeah, you know, while you, no, can. I agree. I agree. And I, I, but I get if you have the if you can strike while the iron's hot, which is right now, everybody's excited and you've got this momentum. Then why? Not? I think it's worth the ask too. I just hope it doesn't become a thing. Correct. And it's off the wrong foot. Correct. And we'll have to see how that plays out. Back here with Canel and Bell, we were talking about Odell Beckham Jr. I screwed up. Drew Rosenhaus is not his agent. It's Zeke Sandu. 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 Something like Sandu. that. Yeah. But it's because Drew Rosenhaus' name was easier to say, so right. I rolled with that. But it is not his agent. That's Antonio Brown's agent, so a little mix up there. Uh, Kyler Murray mm-hmm. had his pro day yesterday. Uh, I watched all of it. I was working. I was doing my radio show, but I did watch most of it. As I was watching it, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, all right, what's, what's he got to do here to blow me away? And I honestly don't think there's anything I could do. I was like, he's throwing a football. He looks good, but it's still the best thing he has going for him is his tape, his right. game tape. Now, in saying that, he got rave reviews from everybody that was there. I talked to Marty Smith this morning from ESPN. He was there, said he was great. Uh, Gil Brandt, uh, had some tweets out there, said, as you would expect, Kyler Murray was impressively accurate. He was 61 of 67 with one drop, completed everything under 10 yards, one completion deep left, one deep middle, three deep right. Jim Zorn, who was the quarterback coach guru who had prepared him for it, he said he did a great job out there. Bucky Brooks, who actually has him number two on his draft board behind Dwayne Haskins, said his pro day was uh, impressive to watch. A-plus arm talent, easy thrower. That was the thing that jumped out to me, I would say, is that it looks really effortless when you watch Kyler Murray throw the football. And that's why maybe I I was watching it, didn't have the sound up, and I was just like, yeah, this looks like ho-hum another day at the park which is what you would want to see because the pressure, the moment didn't get to him. He looked like he was in shape. It was a good day for Kyler Murray. Correct. The word that I would use having watched, um, you know, a lot of the highlights and the recap of it is relaxed. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I also saw velocity there. Like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't come across as a guy with that stature that should be able to, to wing the ball like that. And so when you see him effortlessly, like flipping it down the field, like to the degree that he was yesterday, like, it, it's pretty remarkable for me, right? Just cause, like, I'm not used to being around 6'5 quarterbacks and seeing the gun. Like, I, like, seeing little dudes like that, and he's relatively little for a quarterback, like, wing it and look like they're not really trying to wing it. You do have to have a special kind of arm talent to be able to make it look like that. And then, you know, I worried about him for most of the reports were, you know, kind of about, you know, whether or not he interviewed well. And to some degree, like, you want to see what his makeup is like and whether, 
you know, he can handle himself in those moments. I don't know why most people w- would have those reservations because he did it all year at Oklahoma. But again, you see him in a setting where there's a lot of pressure. It's his day. Like you've got everything to lose, nothing really to gain. And he rips it around and makes it look easy. I thought it was a good day for him. So I was watching on an NFL network, Charlie Casserly, who was probably one of his biggest critics yeah. just a couple weeks ago at the combine. Has totally done a 180. Really? Kind of funny. I wonder if Charlie Casterly has been influenced by social media, the backlash that he's gotten from those comments when he said, my sources are telling me he was awful, one of the worst they've ever seen in an interview process. But if those were, if that's what your sources were. Well, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, and that's what, and Casterly has defended himself saying, Hey, I didn't say he couldn't succeed. I'm just telling you what I heard from the combine, right. which still could be true. And I do think people that were just, over you know over the top upset at Charlie Casterly were a little ridiculous. Uh, Kyler Murray was asked about it and said, "I have nothing to say about it. I know who I am. My teammates know who I am, and my coaches know who I am. I ended up playing this game, and I'm a winner. So it is what it is. It's exactly the way you should handle it. Like don't even don't even give it much thought. Right. Say I am who I am, um, and that's what he did. Like I think there obviously probably was some validity to it." Um, that some teams probably weren't impressed, but others were. Lincoln Riley has had his back the entire time. Again, emphasized that yesterday, said, go watch him. That was another thing I took away from yesterday, watching him interact with his teammates that were there at the pro day. Yeah. Just little stuff, little interactions, but they're not intimidated by him as like, oh, he's standoffish, he's aloof. Yeah. He's high-fiving guys, watching out there. From the leadership's perspective, it looked totally fine to me. Um, was again, there anything else you would have liked to have seen him do? Or from under center. That was yeah. the one thing I was a little bit surprised is that it was predominantly from the shotgun. Again, I keep like reminding myself, this isn't 10 years ago. Right. This is a new NFL. Um, John Elway took some heat because yesterday he was talking about quarterbacks in general and why, when they announced the Joe Flacco signing, yeah. he said, um, you know, we like him because we've seen him under center a lot. He said a lot of these younger quarterbacks don't have experience under center. Most of the passes nowadays, guys are in passing situations. They're taking them from shotgun. Right. Like it's more prevalent than it's ever been. So it's not that big of a deal anymore. And I think it's a little bit overrated when people say, oh, can he throw from the shotgun or can he throw from under center? I don't think it matters as much. And the height thing, I don't think matters as much either. You've heard me say this before. When no you- quarterback, even Joe Flacco, you don't see offensive linemen are six, five and six, six. If you're the same height, you're not seeing over them. Right. You just can't. You're looking for windows of opportunity and having to anticipate no matter how tall or short that you are. Yesterday, I gave out a lock of the century. <laughs> I to put my that house was on a it. done deal. Yeah. I said, put the house on it. Have a listen. We don't do this a lot. I'm going to give you the lock of the century Ooh. right now. Load it up. Put your house on the okay. rocket. <laughs> Minus three and a half. They're going for the season sweep. Yep. They got some, uh, some motivation there. The Warriors are three and 13 against the spread in their last 16. Mm. They're one and five against the spread in their past six games. Mm. Meanwhile, the Rockets are four and one against the spread in their last <clears> five <throat> games. But you might also want to take a little parlay and take the under because it's five and zero oh in the Warriors' last five games. There it is. Lock of the Rockets. You, three and a half. Don't call me if it doesn't hit. Do it. Did, first of all, is that what I sound like? But secondly, <laughs> is that? A, did you miss on every part of that? Well, I was hoping that the I don't know what the under was. I don't have official because that would be my saving grace. But you, you know who I'm going to throw? You did hit the under at least. Bam! Yeah. There you go. We got the <laughs> split. Got but there's a lot of homeless people on us right now, Danny. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of people out on the streets that want to know how can we make that money back. 
Well, just pay attention for the tournament time because I'm going to be all right. over the brackets. I'm going to give you some winners in that one. I'm going to throw somebody else under the bus because yeah. Coca's grumpy today, although that made him happy. Look at that. Yeah, like, he's never I, been happier than to bus. throw right. me under the bus. Right. Our boy Debo had all these wonderful stats out there that made it look like Houston was the rock, uh, the lock. So I just went with the stats that were presented to me. Otherwise, I would have avoided that game, but he had to put all those nuggets to, of information. Way to set him up, Debo. See that? Get him. Um, got the under. That's look, the game itself, when we talked about it, um, or at least I talked about it on HQ. Did we talk about it on here? Yeah, my, yeah. Like, a little bit. I thought that it was really important for Golden State to come out and make a statement. Or at least, and their statement didn't have to be to win. I still thought that if they lost it, but they were in a really super ultra competitive game without Kevin Durant, it would go a long way. And I think you heard Steph Curry come out and say that this, this, they wanted to send a message this game. So I thought kind of that's where their team was going to be. Um, and, and I, and I thought what you saw in terms of the way they had to play without Kevin Durant is a real vehicle for them in the playoffs. Having Boogie Cousins, like, able to make plays and run offense through him. They were coming down late in the game and just putting it into Boogie. Whether he had a mismatch, some of them were mismatches with with guards because uh, they were in transition, but some of them were with Clint Capello on his back, um, and he was facing up and backing him down and just really going to work. Um, I think he had seven assists too, so they were running offense through him. That's, that, that is a vehicle for them in the playoffs. That's real. That's, that's gold. Like now you've got, when things break down and they decide to do something funky to your pick and roll and take Steph away, or they're just going to stay locked up with Clay and not allow Clay to get any shots off, which in theory could happen. Um, you could get the ball to Kevin Durant and say, go get his buckets. You could get that thing to Boogie Cousins and say, go get his buckets. Um, they're going to be really, really tough to deal with in the playoffs if he's healthy like that and they figured out how to run a piece of their offense through him. That's why I think I could coach this team to a title yeah. <laughs> because they have so much talent. Like Kevin Durant, right. the best, no, maybe the best player in the NBA but right now with LeBron's, you'd you know. St- you'd still have to navigate through like who you're running offense through at set happy. time. Oh, let's like go, you, guys. Yeah, right. Roll out the ball. Let's go. Keep happy. Hey, make sure there. Steph gets a couple more threes. It can't be that hard. Um, so they did. The, un- the total was 228. So they, that was the, that was the lock of the century right there. That's what I meant clearly in that right, one. Right, clearly. Uh, so the under was the winner, but you know who else was the winner was Daryl Morey. Even though his team lost, the general manager for the Rockets gets a five-year extension uh, from the team. He is one of the better GMs yeah. in the league. Is he the best? Uh, look, man, that's uh, my opinion is that he's in a in a small. Like, he's in a class of a few general managers. Like, he's really good at what he does. He's been able to maneuver, even this year, in, in finding guys like Kenneth Fareed and, and Iman Shumpert and, and picking up Austin Rivers. Like, you know, not the major deals that, that scream like Chris Paul and stuff like that. You're talking about finding these pieces that really can can supplement the stars. Uh, but I think there are other really good dudes out there, like Bob Myers and, and, the, and their staff in Golden State. While I know everybody says like they got Steph, Clay, Draymond, and and, and KD, like pulling up the date, uh, pulling up the KD thing was a was a huge win. And uh, adding Boogie, Boogie, cap space to do that, correct? Like d- that type of stuff is great. And you guys, I've said it on air before. I think Sam Presti and 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 what they do out there in Oklahoma City, uh, I think they're really talented too. They've been able to put together a very nice roster. Daryl Morey gets a lot of love, and I deservedly so. But you know why he gets so much love? It's because he's embraced analytics. And all these basketball yeah. writers are nerds, and they never could play. And that's like the new movement. 
And that's why they, they just heap this adoration on him, adulate, like all this praise right. on him because he's embraced that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's changed the game from that perspective. So he's sent out. But I think Bob Myers is probably one of the most underappreciated because it's a super team, but he's the one who assembled that super team. And a- absolutely. Was, yeah. And I want to give two more shout outs though, seriously, because I think the Clippers, um, I-, I think Lawrence Frank and my buddy Trent Reddit are out there kind of doing the job now with the success that they've had. Um, the pieces that they, they don't have that sexy name that just screams star to you, but they're able, they've got this mix of players that is really, really working. And even in Tobias Harris, like absence, they're still able to win games. They've done a great job. And I'm going to give some more like shout outs to Utah. Uh, I think Dennis Lindsay's still doing the job there. And while I didn't have the greatest experience with him, they've got a really nice roster. Again, not a whole lot of like, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a star. Um, and some of those players are way better than you probably think they are because because sometimes we don't see them on TV all the time, but a really nice and going to be a tough playoff team too. All right, welcome back, Kenel and Bell. So when you are a franchise quarterback, you got to be aware that you're one of the best 32 jobs in the world. Mm-hmm. Like you really are. Yeah. And so you have to be aware that everything you're going to do is going to be scrutinized. I think yesterday or the day before I said, thank goodness cell phone videos weren't around when I played for a number of reasons. Correct. Just acting like an idiot, immature, your yeah. 20s, you know. You, yeah. It's just you do stupid things when you're that age. Lamar Jackson did one of those things. So he's filming an Instagram video and he was taught, I think he was breaking down some of the trades. Wasn't he, wasn't he Coco like talking about, uh, getting some of the players they got in Mark Ingram and, uh, I thought he was doing that. Okay. So while he's doing this, he's thinking, hey, I'm a good teammate. I'm talking about these trades. Somebody, this is what drives me nuts. Somebody was like the Twitter tattletale. Yeah. Said, oh, look in the background of this video. You can see the speedometer on his car. He was going 105 and somebody in the car didn't have their seatbelt on because the seatbelt light was on. Oh, dang. They dimed on everything. Oh, yeah. They had them all out there. So he tweeted out, I made a bad decision and will set a better example going forward. So it's kind of one of those ones where somebody said you got to do something. I get that he had to do an Instagram or he had to do an apology. I just it's one of those ones like really like I just would have ignored it and let it. I'm go not away. apologizing for that, right? I'm not. Like now, if I was like driving in the car, um, doing 105 and like celebrating the fact that I was doing 105 and like a 60 and like right. you know what I mean. If I had if my judgment was that bad, like maybe I'd apologize for like. But if I was just you know, I, I look. I, what do I look like? I've I've gone a hundred. Have you not gone a hundred miles an hour? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, on right? the way like, to work, yeah, this correct, right? I mean, like you know, it's it's one of those things where like, yeah, I get it. Like you probably shouldn't be doing a hundred miles an hour and on the phone. Totally agree with you, hundred percent. But I'm probably not coming out apologizing. But like, the other go. thing too is he was in a Mercedes. I've been fortunate enough. I've had a Mercedes. You yes. can go 105 and it feels and, like you're going not even 30. Know it. It's yeah. like floating on a cloud. So you don't even know you're going there. The other thing is there are do, and it's not, we're not condoning. We're not saying it's okay. We're not encouraging no. anybody to do it, but we've all been there. So before you like throwing stones and how could he do this? We've all been there, especially professional athletes. That's all I'm saying. I've, were you, I'm a fast driver. Yes, I am a fast driver. So I have stories of doing way stuff worse than this. When we used to leave training camp, right. it was the end of three weeks of hell. You just wanted to get back home. And so what the players would do, everybody you got out of camp, like the last practice was at 1130. By 1135, you're showered up, keys in the car, you're ready to roll. And you know there's safety in numbers. Yeah. At least that's the philosophy. <laughs> so everybody's going on like the New York Thruway right. back to their homes. Everybody just wants to get out of Dodge. 
So you're going like 110, 120. Just, just boom. It's like Smokey and the Bandit. Right, except, right, right, right. Except they're all Rolls Royces, Range Rovers, and Beamers. <laughs> and you're just riding. Yeah. Because everyone wants to get out. So we've been there and done that. I used to race. Uh, Jason Seahorn was my roommate. And we had a townhouse. Yeah. And there was only one spot in the garage. Just one. Right. And so we would leave practice. And there was no agreement. It was just whoever got there first. Right. So, so you we got... would be going on shoulders, <laughs> going through lights, like For on the, the Jersey Turnpike. We were going 100, easily going 100, just to get home to get our spot. I'm not condoning it. Correct. But I'm not apologizing it for happened. it. I'm right. saying it happens. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, listen, L- Lamar is a young uh, player. And... You know, he'll, he'll, he'll grow and he'll, he'll start to understand like, you know, some things, uh, time and place for everything, right? So probably, here's the deal. You're going 100, probably not the time to be making a video. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, go home, make the video, uh, and then put it out. But I, like, generally speaking, I, the, the answer was, should he apologize? Like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have. Right. You know what I mean? But whatever. Right. right. Yeah, I love your mindset. Yeah, like, just, like, screw the world. Yeah, I don't like, care what anybody thinks. <laughs> so one of the things he was doing was, Welcoming his new teammates, talking about, hey, I got some ballers, because they have. The Ravens added Earl Thomas, one of the best safeties in the league, uh, who was disgruntled in Seattle. I think he's going to come in with a huge chip on his shoulder, and he gets a new contract with a four-year, $55 million deal. And they got Mark Ingram, which I thought was the better signing. Of course, they, like, I think Earl Thomas could be an Ed Reed type impact on that right. defense, which was, you know, obviously the Hall of Famer. But the Mark Ingram one to me is what they needed because is Lamar Lamar Jackson was great as a runner. Right. But he, they have to take some of the load off of him running the football and let it be an actual running back. And so from that standpoint, I think that was a really good signing for them to add some depth to that position for the Ravens cuz I do think the Ravens are a team getting rid of CJ Mosley, uh Terrell Suggs, uh a number of players on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have a totally new look. And Lamar Jackson is going to have a lot of pressure on him. And that, I think, is probably what is going to decide how successful they are. Does he evolve as a passer where he doesn't have to solely rely on the run game? And I think that's going to be one of the bigger stories in the AFC North. Oh, absolutely. Like, not, not just for their team, but just whether he's going to be an NFL quarterback at the end of the day or not. If he, if he can't figure out how to be a proficient passer of the ball to pair with those legs, like, there's only, there's only so much you're going to be able to do with him. You're talking about probably backup quarterback type stuff, right? Right. So, like, that's huge. But I want to ask you a question about, uh, Earl Thomas and the safeties. This offseason that have been given these deals, like the money is, is so, so much different from what safeties were given last year. Is it just the class of safeties? Uh, is it the timing? Like, is there something that happened as, as a trend offensively in the NFL last year that has made everybody realize how valuable safeties are? Eric Reed, you see him on this list that we have popped up here is the eighth highest paid safety. His deal, which was not signed that not long ago, was average of seven, 7.4 million. He's one of the better safeties in the league. It is doubled. Which is a massive jump. I think you hit on some really good points because it's a couple things. One, it's timing. Landon Collins, the Giants letting him walk was the best thing that happened to all these safety because they could have franchise tagged him at I think 11 million, which would have sort of set the market there. And then everybody else that was a free agent, they would have gone off that. But because he was free and because the, the Redskins decided to pay him this money, it set the market at a exponentially higher salary. I think there's that's one thing. Also, I think we forget this sometimes when we just shake our heads at all these salaries that are going out there. The salary cap is expanded. Like there's yeah. more money to be spent, which I think is one aspect of it that you never look at. Ryan Clark, who does stuff for ESPN, sent out a tweet and he said, "When I was with um I think it was the Steelers he was on, he said I got a new deal. It was 4 years for 7 million dollars." And he said, "I cried on the way home because I was so happy." Exactly, yeah. You know what's crazy? And I think I said this the other day. One day, Earl Thomas is going to be talking about his four-year $55 million, and you're going to be talking about player X, 
who's going to be on a four-year $105 million right. that's a safety. It's just the inflation, the rate, the salary cap, the amount of money. Yeah. It just continues and continues to grow, which is great for these players. It's funny you say that because when I was with the Cavs, that was the year that the, the – the, um like the uh, what would actually? Why can't I'm drawing a blank? It was the year that the uh, the the salary cap went up in the NBA. Like, that was the I, massive jump. Massive jump, right? Yeah. So guys were sitting around and we were handing out money and guys were getting paid. I'm not gonna say any names, but like the guys in the front office with me, my buddies were like teasing me, like looking at me, like, "Hey, what do you think about that?" Right. <laughs> right. And my my stance was like, like, sure, would I've liked it? Would would I've loved to have partaken in that? Yes. But there was someone sitting around when I got paid who had played and retired four years prior to that, looking at me saying, can you believe that guy just got that? Right. Right. So like you have to take it in stride. Like every, you know, as you get older and, and your generation has passed, like the money's just getting bigger and bigger. You got to be all right with that. I guarantee you yeah. there were a lot of dudes when I signed a deal, it was three years, $12 million. <laughs> yeah, the Giants, were like, there were a lot of dudes right. that were saying, I can't believe that guy got that. Yeah. Granted, I didn't see $9 million of it, so right. I didn't get all that. But I guarantee they were thinking it. I, and it does, even now, like it hurts, like, man, I wish I could have got that type of money, but we were still really blessed to be able to sure. do, do. Yeah, absolutely. And it is the nature of the business that goes out there. So congrats to all those guys getting that big money. Ricardo Allen got the biggest contract last year as a safety at $6 million per year. Wow. So it's been a massive jump. It's the 10th highest contract this off season. So it's uh pretty cool there. All right. Welcome back. Ken Ellen Bell, uh, finishing off the show. We're going to get to the Will Wade news out of LSU because he's had an about face in his, uh, decision to coach or not, not coach luck. for LSU. We're going to talk about that not in a minute. But before we do that, I wanted to, uh, give you some love. You need to run for office in the state of Utah <laughs> because you, your popularity, like if, if you went to Iowa to kind of test your thing for the president, yeah, you would the win Iowa. the state of, <laughs> you would win the state of Utah hands down for sure. We had a discussion the other day. Yep. I thought it was a really good discussion, productive discussion about Russell Westbrook versus the fan who has since been banned in right. Utah. We put the video out uh, on our YouTube channel, which you need to go check out, at Canel and Bell. And on our Twitter feed, which you should go follow, uh, follow as well, at Canel and Bell, <laughs> there were a lot of comments on it. And you were getting all kind of love. It actually made me a little bit jealous. Uh, like, you know, I offer some pretty good points around here sometimes, too. But a right. lot of people were uh, were really pleased with you. Raja Bell always was a good defender for Utah, just doing it out of Utah, uh, out of uniform now. Pretty clever comment then. Right. This was one of my favorites uh, from Ben Coombs. Somebody give these guys a bigger platform. Raja nailed this. True. Spot on, fellas. Yeah, put us in CBS Prime. Yeah. What I'm talking about 8 o'clock Saturday nights. Put us on there. Um, jazz fan here. I'm so glad to have voices like yours out there in the world. Some damage was done to our fan base due to this incident. It's up to us as fans to rewrite rewrite ourselves in the view of others but i'm beyond grateful for the points you guys made uh followed so thanks for the follow yeah, for the for account sure. for brian transfield out there too utah's great people dude there's just knuckleheads in every place yes, and that's sometimes usually the knuckleheads get the most attention that's which the, is the bad part. that's kind of yeah that's kind of what happens right the knuckleheads creep in and they and they get all the shine and then it and it ruins a, a good thing at times but i i'm gonna say it again dude like i um live living there right like was was, you know, when you sign there, like it's not when when you're in an NBA circle, right? That's not always the name, like the the spot on people's lips as far as where to go as a as a free agent. Mm -hmm. It's it's not right. And admittedly, when I went there the first time, like you know, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of options. Chances were, if I had had a lot of options, like I might not have wound up in Utah. But it was really quickly after we we got there and got a house that my wife and I realized like this is a this is a pretty cool place. And so when I signed there the second time, Danny. I did have other offers. Like I had offers from Chicago. I had offers from the Lakers. Like I had, I had offers from the Heat. 
And I decided I had young boys and they were just in preschool and we made a conscious decision to say like Utah would be a really cool place for us to go back to and have these kids there at that age. Like that's how how highly we held it in regard. Like, so I hate to be like a suck up to Utah. I'm not trying to do that. All right, that, now you're doing that. I, I, I am now you're it. being a little too but, over the top. No, but no real talk. Like, you know, it, it's one of those places where it doesn't get the type of love. Like having never been there before, I would have never thought that that would be a destination I wanted to go. Having lived there and I had a chance to go back and having other options now, I still picked it, you know? So it's yeah. one of those places you got to live there. You got to, you have to experience it. I think it's it. a good lesson too in like judging things just based on their perception. It's always better to get to know people for sure. as opposed yeah. to just judging from the outside. Yep. I think you're looking for some kind of free stay at the Canyon Resort <laughs> because this is actually one of my favorite cases. We that lurk uh, chimed in and said one of the coolest experiences I've ever had was with Raja at the Canyon Ski Resort. We came off a lift and Raja had let us sit with him and talk about life for a few minutes. He couldn't ski because of his contract. I respect Raja as a person, thank you for your input there. Oh wow, that was a long time Not ago. Because we were ju- we were just there. Did you stay there again? We stayed at yeah, we stayed on the canyon side, I think. But it's one big resort now, dude. Hey, listen, if you haven't been, like I'll park right. it. Like, next year I'm going. Here you go. We had a Taking blast. Family it was next year. Yeah. Uh, all right. So LSU has been, uh, you know, topic of conversation in college yeah. basketball because of the wiretap scandal that's encompassed all of college basketball. But their coach, Will Wade, uh, when Yahoo Sports came out with the report, was caught on this wiretap basically talking about an offer for one of their players. So he was suspended with pay so they could have this investigation and see what would happen. And Will Wade took it, accepted it, said, you know, right thing. I'm going to be the soldier for the school, and I'm just going to go about my Bro, duties. You love to do this. I do. I got a yeah, lot that's of your I don't thing. know. I, know like I got that and air quotes and this. It. Yeah, that's my <laughs> – that, <laughs> that's your go-to when you're talking about like some nerdy you, statement. You, yeah, you get into like a professional voice, and you. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, that's my white guy voice. I guess what he would do, like my over-the-top white guy voice. I think that's what I do. Like, hey, let's go to work. Uh, so Will Wade right. has changed his mind because before he's like, I'm going to let things play out. Now he has released a new statement this morning that said he wants to resume his duties as the coach of the Tigers. Nope. Uh, essentially, his, the biggest comment says, what I'm asking for is the right to do my job while exercising my constitutional right, saying, hey, I haven't been convicted of any crime. I should be able to go out there and coach my team. I think it's a, I thought he should have kept coaching through it all. Yeah. But once you go ahead and accept it, I think you've got to go with it. You can't come out now. Now you're a distraction for yes. your team and you're going to really make this tough on the players in that locker room who won the SEC regular season with a big win at the, the last game of the season without him. Now you're kind of opening up this can of worms and making it worse. Um, what, what do I want to say about Will Wade here? Sir, they have you, they have your voice on tape talking about a, 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 a payment. Oh, it's an family. offer. Like, technically, I think he has an out. That's why it, I think he's It's realizing. an offer, but listen, that's a terrible look for you. You're, you, you, you how many people that were caught like on the tape like got through it unscathed the last time it happened? How many of those guys? Not many. Although Sean Miller from Arizona was reported to be on tape and he survived. He now survived he was suspended it. indefinitely though. He took some time off as well. Right. Like and then once they cleared him, then he came back. Okay, but no, nobody initially was like, "Okay, you're good, keep coaching." Right. Like no, they got to get to the bottom of that whether whether or not you did it and and once you step away, I'm with you. You do, do not do that. Let that let that simmer, bro. Let it go away if it can go away, right? You don't want to pop back up and have that that scab pulled off again, like and and restart the whole Twitter, you know, opinion about who you are and your character and the school and 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 their culpability and the whole thing. Let it ride, dog. Like they got you, they got you on tape. You've already accepted the the, the punishment. You're getting paid, which is is critical to me. Like I, some people might not agree, but like that's your livelihood. If you were fighting for being able to 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 pay 
pay your mortgage, then then maybe. But they're paying you anyway. Just let it ride. You know what I have a hunch happened is he saw the reaction from the fans, which they were booing the athletic director, Joe Oliva, at the last game, chanting, he must go. Like, he has fan support, which I think has impacted him, and it's given him, like, the— He's emboldened now? Yeah, he's emboldened saying, hey, if the fans don't care, let me go out there and do it. You know, and I full like— I thought he should have. If you get like, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? They're gonna take away a championship. They're gonna they're gonna take away wins. Who cares? By the time it's all said and done, like I say, roll the dice and let him go out there and then deal with it later. But because he said he was gonna play the role of good soldier, yeah, I don't think you can go back on it now. Now I think it's a really bad look. Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one. I, I'm like this. If you get if you get caught on a wiretap, and this is for Sean Miller too. Dude. I don't know what Sean Miller said. I, I I read the transcript of what he was talking about. Yeah, you're you're done. Right. Like, it's a wrap. When you, when you get caught talking about payments for kids and not understanding because it was a I'm great, you, it was a great, it was, it was, it was a great, a great offer. offer. Like, but. It could have been to start as a freshman. You, like, in theory, I'm trying to play the role of his attorney. Nah, nah, yeah, I mean, I guess, yes, yes. In you know, theory, like, yes, correct. Get correct, off. correct. There is not beyond a reasonable doubt, right? Like, yeah. but, but I just think it's a terrible look and I think you should, you should to some degree accept the consequences, right? Like, I'm one of those guys. It, look. I make mistakes. I do dumb stuff. Like I, I am not always the smartest dude uh, when it comes to like rationally making decisions and letting the emotions get the best of me, right? But when I do things, you have to accept them and you have to deal with the consequences and 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 the and the repercussions of what you decide to do. I tell my boys that all the time. Like you're not always going to do stuff right. People make mistakes. Sometimes you'll make a conscious decision to do something like you know you're talking about bullies and stuff, right? Yep. Like I'm telling my son, like listen, sometimes you have to fight him. Like you have to punch if he won't stop, you have to punch him right in his face, and they're going to suspend you, and you're going to, and that's okay. Like you know, but that's my philosophy as a dad. But point being, there are times when you do stuff, but you got to live with those consequences, dog. You did what you had to do. They caught you. Hey, we'll wait. Let that ride, dog. You've been caught. Uh, tonight, Duke plays at nine o'clock against Syracuse. Everybody is watching Zion Williamson. Does he play or does he not? He's expected to play. Uh, they're eleven and a half point favorite. I think he'll play. I do. I do think he'll play. I think Coach K has been extremely cautious. I don't know if he'll play a ton. Like right. Even if the game's on the wire, I think they'll monitor his minutes closely because they want to make sure they have him for the tournament because they want to win a national championship. And in order to do so, they need this guy. Back. I hope he plays. I hope he plays for him um, uh, and for Duke, right? Like, I think that he deserves, you know, an opportunity to experience the NCAA tournament. Like, if you went to college and you've gotten through most of it, like, I didn't get a chance to go to the tournament, but everybody says it's magical. So if he's healthy, I think that he should play because he'll remember that experience. They have a chance to win a national championship. And then, obviously, for Duke, uh, they are not the same team without him. So. Yep, we'll recap all that tomorrow. Hey, send some of my way on Twitter. Right? <laughs> like, what about your boy?